It's the story that he tells on that album. Hootie then tells it in the song. Okay. That's good. Stop talking so we can start talking. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, hello. I am Aaron Bikinis. I'm Morgan Higgins. We are here hauling off after a pause. Yeah, that was an accidental pause. Yep. Well, things happen. Life happened. Yep. Um, And we are here at my dining room table with probably some swimmers coming in and out. And also an engaged couple sitting at the table with us <laughs> silently and still. They are here. <laughs> One of them might, might accidentally talk because she's not as good at not talking. Mm-hmm. But the male portion of that couple, mm-hmm. I don't think will accidentally talk. <laughs> he's gotten very still like he's hiding in the grass. <laughs> like we can't see him. I think that actually, that might be a thing. That might be the case because I feel like I accidentally talk a lot. And don't necessarily mean to. But I feel like boys are better at oh, no, not totally, accidentally blathering. That happens to me all the time where I'm like, when did I start? When did I decide to start talking? And then you're like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> but in your head. And it's while you're still talking. Like, I love the two track moment totally. where like one track is still talking about the weird thing that you're caught up into. And the other track is like, shut up. Yeah. How are you going to segue out of this? So oh, much. Yes. I'm trapped. That is very, very true. Yeah. Um, well, how was vacation? You guys just got back from yeah, vacation. The Higgins went on vacation. This does not happen very much. And I, I don't think we've ever done a vacation like that. It was so nice. We went to Long Beach, which is actually a beach. Washington has a lot of things that people call beaches. But if you're from Los Angeles <laughs> and then you go there, you're like, this is not a beach. beach. Yeah. They're like, it's right here. And then you have to like climb over rocks, like get a razor sharp into the water. Yeah. And you're like, where's the sand though? Mm -hmm. This is like an action. This was, it's a very long beach. (laughs) And it, uh, yeah, it was amazing. We had so Mm -hmm. much fun. We rode horses. This ended up, Sean did not ride a horse for anybody that's wondering, but, uh, I did not even think the kids would want to go with me because they have not really done a lot of horse things, but they all wanted to go. And we ended up having so much fun. And it's totally the thing that the kids talk about the most, which I thought, because I grew up riding with my aunt, both my parents grew up with horses and my dad did lots of work with horses. He had a very crazy mule mm-hmm. when I was like, I don't know, like nine to 11 or something. Um, but they have not gotten to do that. But so it's like that childhood fun and I've never ridden a horse on a beach. Amazing. I highly recommend it. It was like so stupid beautiful that, especially because they had a horse that liked to be out front. Mm -hmm. So my view was not a horse butt the whole time, which is much (laughs) better. Just beach. Yes. So it's like a horse. Look at how pretty it is. It was very nice. How fast did they let you go? Only trot. Okay. Yep. And they're smart. They don't let you trot back, especially that late in the day because, well, and like I went and read the reviews because there was two companies there and one of them, uh, three weeks ago, there's like a slew of bad reviews that were like, there was a stampede and I almost died and nobody <laughs> had told me how to do anything. So I was like, a stampede? But then as we were doing it, I was like, oh, I think probably what happened is somebody's horse got spooked and then somebody screamed mm-hmm. and they were going too fast on the way home. Probably. Mm-hmm. But. And what is that saying about a horse headed to the barn? Yeah. Oh, kind yeah. of thing. I mean, that, that's like a legit yeah. thing. That's why totally. it's a saying. Because yes. horses headed Especially back home. if the horse doesn't know you, they're like, whatever, dummy, get off. Right. Yeah. My mom had a horse that would 
uh, when it was tired of being ridden, which was basically as soon as you got on it, <laughs> that would try to scrape her off onto, like, with a tree branch <laughs> or the shed roof that came down low. And so my mom got really good at, like, leaning way off of the horse <laughs> as it was trying to kill her. That horse also would lay down in any water. If it got to any water, it would immediately go Lay to the it? side to roll over. Well, like with the saddle with the on, with everything on. on and the person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the anyway, weirdest. Why am I talking about that? Because horse horses. Ride. It was really Horseback fun. Horseback yeah. riding vacation. I shouldn't hit the table. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we had, we had so much fun and while we were gone, amazing people from our church and some people from our school came yeah. and did like <clears throat> a ton of projects. If you guys have not been to my house, then you don't know how much it needed this, but that was also amazing. So it's like super fun to come home to like stuff we didn't do that got done while mm-hmm. we were relaxing. That was also a big temptation to feel guilty about, but we, uh-huh. we I worked on it. You charged through that and yes. didn't yes. didn't succumb to it. I, sometimes it would catch me and then I would stop. I'd be like, nope, don't do that. It is good to know when to catch that temptation. Yeah. Yeah. We had, well, and it's so weird. We had a huge work party because these nice married people, I mean, engaged people are coming to get married here at my house here in a couple weeks. And so we had this big work party that was so much fun. And I think I counted, it was like 81 people came to help weed and you know, all the things. And it is tempting to be like, why can't I be the kind of person who already had these things done? No, this is that's the worst. totally me. Yes. Yeah. Yes, like yeah. I wish I was yeah. the kind of person who... I wouldn't be helping you. I don't want you to be helping me. Let's go do something else. But yeah. yeah. So it is a very weird temptation. Yeah. It is good to flip it. Come to that. Like the wedding is at your yard. You sent all your kids though. And they were very helpful. And I didn't even feel bad making Calvin like dig out a really grody (laughs) thing in the end of my house. So I I took full advantage of that. Because he and Laird, I think, was that the day he chopped wood with Laird or did he chop by himself? I I think it was by himself. Yeah. He was chopping wood as his job earlier that day. Yeah. And then when he came home, he was like, I'm so tired. And I was like, perfect. Go over to the penis and do more hard labor. He afterwards though, he was like, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was good company. Yeah. Well, and that's, what's so fun. And it was fun at your house too, because it's just a huge group of people rallying for a thing. Yeah. Which yeah. is very fun. Like, Although, working with people instead of just, like, cause if you only see people at church or something, you, it's, you only see this one, like, really narrow part of yep. them like so seeing them in different contexts makes it so much better well like, and oh. it's so much fun to have a project together yeah to bind you like I felt like there were a couple of different instances of getting to do work with people that were I don't know you know people that I totally know but it's totally different to have like oh you know how to do that teach me how to do that you yeah. know it, yeah it's a very it's a very deepening of the relationships yeah. kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Well, which, when my mom says that you and Reva together are a terrifyingly powerful duo. <laughs> it's like, that sounds right. Well, actually, this is super funny because I can see me in Reva. I mean, like, there are times that she does things that I'm like, oh, I totally do that. Like, I can see, I can see myself in that. So she is a good mirror for me. I think that we probably work well for that. Yeah. Uh, just because it's a good, like, oh, okay. I, I see what I'm doing because I see you doing it. Yeah. Yeah, go. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but like, you know, like anything, I, I have grown to recognize, like, I don't want to be the terrifying thing that blows over the top of people. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. when you yeah. have a, and I'm not saying Reva does this. I'm yeah. just saying that I know that I am that kind of person who's like, I have a plan. I can see all the things that I think we should all do. Everybody let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I've grown in my ability to be more discerning when I share the large vision that I have for all the other people in their lives. Yeah. (laughs) You know, baby steps, baby steps of discretion. Totally. Yeah. No. And definitely when I was saying terrifying that, that was like a, um, in the like, whoa, these people can get so much stuff done like that. Yeah. Not in the bad, uh, yeah. Let me rule your life. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but it has, it has a direct, yeah, you know, it, I mean, it can yeah. go that way. So no, I actually, the, one of the things that has been so fun in a couple of different contexts in my life lately has been really watching the body be the body. You know mm-hmm. I mean? Watching the glory of God making a group of people who have so many different and varied skill sets and parts that they like to think about or ways that, you know, different places that they want to pitch in and do stuff and just how kind God is that the body together is a mighty and glorious thing. Um, and it's fun, you know, it's fun when you remember that not everybody's the same body part, Yeah, you know? And so I think a project like that was so fun because it was so many people doing lots of different things in ways that they really like to do and together you know, all everybody doing a thing really makes some progress. Yeah. yeah, No, totally. I think that's so good too. Cause, um, I feel like probably people tend towards either doing this to themselves or to other people. But when you're like, you know, if you're just staring at an elbow and you're like, why is that such a stupid body? Like you're like, you're thinking of that as the whole (laughs) thing, you know, it's like, yeah, that's dumb. All it does is hurt when you knock it on things and I guess straighten your it's arm. It's got that stupid it. spot that if you hit it on the yeah. corner of a counter, yeah, it sorry, hurts the like, worst. That's dumb. <laughs> but, but when you, it is good to see the bigger context of how all the things work together. Like um, that elbow is why you can drink a pop. Yeah, totally. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> you can only get your fart to your mouth because that elbow works. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I was even, we were, because Long Beach is like super into kites because they have, they have oh, a yeah. kite museum. I was like, yep. kite museum? We have to go to that. So we did. Uh, they, they, if anybody really likes kites and can edit video, you should help them because they are playing <laughs> world's longest <laughs> kite video that's like the worst editing. You know, it's like one minute of a girl holding a kite string and you're like, okay, I got it. Like, I don't need to see her doing that for this long. Um why am I talking about the kites? Oh yeah, yeah. So then we bought we bought some little teeny kites. I could yeah. fly the tiny kites, and mm-hmm. it's like a little butterfly. Um, and the ta- it had two streamer tails, but they kept getting all tangled up. And this also, for some reason, got me way thinking about um, the different like things in the wrong context or being used the wrong way are mm-hmm. no good. Because also, I think one of the times you're trying to launch one of the the bigger kite somebody was standing on part of it and you're like well that doesn't work very yeah, well yeah no no if you're standing <laughs> on it it's like what's wrong with this stupid thing or if you uh Kila was first trying to fly the butterfly without unfurling the tail it was mm-hmm. like rip, rubber banded together and she's like it won't go up and I was like oh yeah you have to get these tails out um but like when you're in the wrong context or be if you're trying to use it in the wrong way this is like no good 
doesn't work, mm-hmm. but you have to look at what the thing actually is. Is for what it does, yeah. Which it, for people, I think that is such a huge point of uh, maturity yeah. to actually see people and see what kind they are and what you know what is going on there. Yeah, and see what if are they their for? Streamers need to be unrolled, right? I was, see if you need to stop standing on them. Yeah. <laughs> we have a book, and it is a, such a good book. I think it's called Training Hearts, Teaching Minds, and it goes through the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Are you laughing about that? So, Maggie, I think that now I'm like, it's going to be weird with Maggie here because I can tell she's huh? like, she is a live audience, and she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> see, I'm looking at you, and you're looking yeah, at them, yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm not, not even seeing Maggie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say? What's See, your... if you're going to... Oh, good yeah, job. Yeah. You did it. Oh, I remember. Nice work. Um, there is a... It's like a family devotional. So it has like five devotional chunks through the week on each question and answer for the Westminster Shorter Catechism. And it's designed for families to get together and read. And it's great. And we loved it a long time ago when we read it. But I still remember her illustration for um, question number one. Was there you go. That's the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that was her point is that, you know, like the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And you do that by knowing who you are and what you're for. Yeah, yeah. And she, her, one of her funny illustrations was like, can you do marshmallows go in the toaster? Like, is that a good idea? <laughs> and it's always struck me. And I still think of it sometimes like it's such a bad idea. Like it's just so not the right context. For that thing. And so marshmallows and toaster is a bad idea. And elbows doing eyeball work is a bad yeah. idea. <laughs> I, I totally think that Trump is a really good picture of this. Like, because Trump is kind of marshmallows in a toaster. Yep. Um, but, like, he's one of those people where, like, this is the most resilient person in the universe. He's actually anti-fragile. The more oh, yeah. they... I forget the quote Sean read somewhere that... Some, I can't even remember what it was from. Oh, also, correction. Sean does not like that Bible reading plan that I said. He oh. was like, no, I did that <laughs> once. And I was like, oh, I remember you talking about it. And he was like, no, you, you, and I now remember why it stuck in my head. Because I was like, wait, what is the name of it? So then I went and read about it. Because I was like, that's such a weird name. But, because uh, it looks like like a Native American thing when they take the C out. Have you noticed? Okay, it's a little, because no. it's, it's McShane. But they take the C out and put an apostrophe, and it oh, ends yeah. up looking really weird. And uh-huh. I'm like, what the heck is that? But uh, he likes the discipleship journal reading plan. So I'm sorry I slandered him. He That is the one he likes. He always likes that one. So there. What is it called? The discipleship journal. Wait, that one? Yeah, that's yeah. the one that he likes. The one that he likes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh that came because I was talking about Sean. Oh, Trump. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he was saying that Trump, somebody said this, that Trump is cast iron. Like the more grease and whatever you try to throw at it, the better the pan. Right. Gets. Like it just seasons it yep, and totally. cooks all over. Yeah. But like, what in the world was it like raising Trump? I, it does seem like maybe there wasn't enough involvement in whoever was raising him. No, but I had never considered that. You know, it's good sometimes <laughs> to think about people as a five-year-old. Like, no, for what real. What were you like as a five-year-old? Because yeah. then it puts, it puts people into, like, actual human context. Well, that's like Jordan. Anybody that watched the Michael Jordan, no, was it, it wasn't a Michael Jordan documentary. It wasn't it a Bulls documentary. Oh, yeah. That yeah. big long one. Try to watch the edited one because, wow, so much swearing. But the... See, so like he is an amazing basketball player, obviously, 
But when you see him, when they try to, <laughs> no, goodbye. Um, when they try to show him in a normal context, he's so out of place. Like he, mm-hmm. he has such a huge ego. He can't even fit with family and friends in any kind mm. of normal way. He's like, so like one of their shots of him playing golf, he's so competitive and so aggressive. Mm. What looks really good on a basketball court is you're like, I would not want to spend any time with you because you're right. crazy. Like you're yeah. so intense and thinking about trying to raise somebody that ends up like Trump who is just completely immune to anything you're saying to him would be so strange. But a lot of the times people where you are like, what is this person's problem? It's because they are some kind of a unique thing. Right. And you're trying to toast them and yep. you really should stop because it's making them <laughs> It's even doing weirder. weird things. Yeah. Yeah. It's breaking your toaster. No, for sure. I, well, now I'm kind of like, what does... What were we talking about? How would you get that out of your toaster? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. And I think that's why it stuck with me for so long because I was like... That is, I mean, you just have to throw the whole thing away. There's no coming back from that. Because you'd have to like burn it up and that would be bad for the toaster also. (laughs) Or put it in water, also bad for the toaster. (laughs) (laughs) The marshmallow is in there. I feel like I need to make sure Keela never hears this episode because she will totally go, (laughs) Keela, don't do it. She will go find a marshmallow and put it in there just Because I can't not watch. You'd be like, that is interesting. Okay, well, this makes me sad. We got a new toaster for Christmas, and I gave my old toaster to the Goodwill. And now I'm feeling like I should have enjoyed marshmallows in my toaster. Yeah. Because I was giving it away anyway. One time we found her (laughs) with a a big Ziploc bag, like a gallon Ziploc bag, full with water in it, like... Full, full, full. Mm -hmm. And she is confidently marching out the door with it. And I was like, hey, hey, what are you doing with that? And she was like, freezing it. And I was like, what what do you mean you're freezing it? She's like, well, look, I put my doll in here and I want to see if I can freeze it in there and then discover it as it melts. And I was like, okay, that is, I can see that does sound fun, but you have way too much water in there that's going to explode all over the freezer. And she was like, what? So then we talked about, because then I realized she also has exploded cans in the freezer. She's very oh. into like freezing things to okay, see what I happens. Okay, I think that is them. a very normal kid thing. I feel like <laughs> freezing things to see what happens totally... is like an exploratory adventure of childhood. Yes, yes. So yeah. then I was like, okay, let's freeze it with less water in it. So we did that. But then I think the doll froze up at the top, so it yeah. wasn't very interesting. We needed to <laughs> she wait. She came for... out too fast. Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh. Or put the bag in upside down. Yeah. You could do that too. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, and maybe you could anchor her hair with like a ribbon or something. Let's <laughs> see. <now. laughs> okay, guys, this is what we're going to do tonight. We're going to toast. We're going to put marshmallows in the toaster and anchor dolls, dolls into ice bags. Right. Now we've solved all the things. <laughs> this is really not even our topic for today, I don't think. No, but. it's not. Although I do think we've hit on it a couple of times in various yes. things. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um... Okay, so our topic for the day is planting in faith. Yeah. Are we ready to jump into that? I say, let's do it. Okay. Um, So some of this came up because I live on 20 acres. So we are currently growing a lot of things all over the place. Lots of weeds, lots of (laughs) plants that we're trying to get to be not killed by weeds. Um, And so we are getting to watch a lot of actual plants happening. Like, hello again. Back in here. I know. What are you doing? I feel like we're on repeat. This right? is like the Matrix. There's in a out, In out. Yeah. 
welcome. So we are watching a lot of things grow and I have had a couple of experiences recently. Well, actually just all things biblical come out in all things gardening or anytime you're growing things. I feel like the Bible is just so full of all sorts of growing metaphors and weeding is one of them. And that actually, I've been thinking about that a little bit lately too, because there will always be weeds. I mean, like you just, it's like sin. There's never a time where you will be like, nope, don't have any weeds. Just, just done with that. Like, I don't have to worry about it anymore because yep. that's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. Weeds are always a thing. Um, and that the, you know, the way you go about it is you just go out and scratch the dirt and make sure that the little baby weeds don't come up, take care of them when they're little. And I've been thinking a little bit about, you know, weekly confession is like being a good weeder. Scheduled weeding. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're like, Hey, I just go out a half an hour every morning and I weed for, you know, a chunk of time. And I just start at one end of the yard and go to the other end. Because if you did that regularly, I don't, by the way, just in case anybody (laughs) thinks I'm on my weeds, like I'm on my sin. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. No, that's like my mom was telling me because one of the projects people did was plant flowers and she was telling me, so these water, these, these waters, these waters, no, plants, these flowers need yeah, yeah. to be watered twice a day because that sprinkler or soaking line is broken or something. Mm-hmm. So, and as she's telling me this, I'm like thinking like, how is that going how to happen? will I remember <laughs> to have anybody do that? So I'm like, I guess I could set reminders, but it's totally like, it's the kind of thing you have to get in the practice of, cause then if you're mm-hmm. doing, if that's on your mind, then you are like, it's just part of your rhythm. It's like a habit. Yeah. yeah. But confession is so much like that too, where I think that the weekly focus on confession mm-hmm. makes it where you, then throughout the week, you're, you're way more likely to deal with things right. when you should. And so, because then you're like, well, I'm going to have to confess this on Sunday. Well, okay, why don't you just go ahead and do it now? now? Yeah. Like yeah. don't, don't wait. That. You'll probably yeah. have something else by the time you get there. Yeah. Um, to, yeah, because we'll have plenty yeah. by the time I get there. And I still remember, we used to live on a corner in town, and it was the town that both Dean and I taught in. So there was always people walking by or kids that we taught walking by. And we had this uh, this spot in the around the corner by the sidewalk that got so gross with weeds all the time. And we just were not taking care of it regularly. And I remember every year I would go out and I would be like, and I don't know, half the time I was pregnant, I think, because, so you're like, big and sweaty and <laughs> pregnant and sitting on the ground and like weeding because it's so bad and then at some point like when you're just weeding the little weeds you can stand up with like a little weeder and yeah, look yeah, very yeah. respectable about yeah. taking care of your weeds and I was like man this too works like sometimes when you're deep in sin and you've just got it it's coming out everywhere there's no way to really look respectable while yeah, you're dealing yeah. with it. Because you're just, yeah. you're confessing all the time. You're confessing stuff that's overgrown and gross. And, you know, I mean, even then I was like, man, this is a good way to think about sin. Like, help yeah. me, Lord, get to the point where I am fighting to confess my sin regularly. Yeah. And so my my little garden is not overtaken. Yeah. Which is good. That is really good, too, to think about. That if it is, you know, this is one that Sean and I talk about all the time is... Because I am always like, if something is really hard or complicated, I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Why is this so hard? Why is it so complicated? And the other day I was saying that about our curriculum order. I was like, why is it so hard? I don't, it's so complicated, John. There's like all of these different things and I can't figure out how to get these numbers to tell these lists what to do. And um, in a, in a database, not like on a piece of paper. I'm not, 
<laughs> my hand to do just magic won't or do something. It. Yeah, like, uh, but he was like, he sent me a meme that said, complex numbers. Why are you so complicated? And I was like, that's perfect. That's like exactly it. But when you do have a big problem, if you are trying to look like it's totally fine and easy and yep. I'm just barely pulling at this weed, that's probably not a good idea. If no, you have a because- big problem, you need to really get in there. Yeah, because what happens when you pull the tops off the weeds? In fact, I just pulled out a dandelion this afternoon that was clearly a thousand dandelion starts from one root. Oh, yeah, You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. you, pull the, you pull the tops off so you can't see them anymore, and you're like, look, I've handled that sin. And the root is just down underneath there going, watch me. <laughs> dandelions really are crazy sometimes. Oh, People they're are nuts. like, what is going on? And the root is so long and yeah. deep. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. there's a lot of that. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. Okay, but my point. Sorry. Yeah. We took a weed cul-de-sac. We did. Yeah, because that's good too. And they're there all the time. Right? Um, But I, so I have been thinking about planting in faith and all of the ways that that is applicable. So I, this last week or two weeks ago, my aunt gave me a whole bunch of starts of sunflowers. And sunflowers don't really like to be transplanted anyway, I don't think. Um, But she was like, oh, just water them. They'll bounce back. And so we planted them. Some of them really quickly, and some of them hung in a box until the next day, so we didn't transplant them quite as quickly. And we got them in the ground, and I put uh, compost on the top of them, which I thought was a brilliant idea because compost (laughs) is rich and good, except it was hot compost, and so it burned a bunch of them. And let me welcome you to your new home by burning you. So, you know, the project for the couple of days was like, well, are they bouncing back? Are they going to bounce back? I'm not sure they're going to bounce back or not. And it was so interesting to watch them. So I think there's probably 75 out there, you know, that all got planted. And some of them did bounce back fast and flourished and just look great with all the leaves green and going. And some of them were still green at the top with like all the sad little burnt leaves down at the bottom starting to droop. And some of them... uh, really laid over like with the tops of the sunflower all the way laid over on the ground so it wasn't even like it looked like an upright plant it was like all the way bent back down like a horseshoe and then some of them really did just lay down on the ground and as we were watching them over the couple of days you know you're like well I mean is it dead or not and this one looks really bad but then a couple days later, I thought, well, I'm just going to go clip all the brown dead leaves off. I'll get rid of all those and clean them up and see if anybody comes back to life. And as I was doing that, I was clipping the obviously dead leaves. And then there were some that you're like, well, is that dead? If I, if I clip that leaf, will it have enough green to like get food from photosynthesis kind of thing? Um, and some of them, like they were mostly dead except just little teeny bits of green at the top. And I just kept thinking about how this is so much like so many of the projects that you do where you're like, Lord, I have planted these things and it does not look good. Like there's a couple of things that look great. And also there's a lot of stuff that you're like, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't look awesome, but there are so many of them that have bounced back and are starting to grow and they're growing leaves in other places. And, um, so anyway, it has been such a funny week of planting things in faith, Uh, or I am, I literally planted the sunflowers hoping that God would grow them. I mean, doing that as a point of faith. Um, but then my other one was a fig tree. 
which I love. I think fig trees are totally beautiful and fun. I don't and think I know what a fig tree looks like. Oh, I it's got so the coolest leaves. Flavor. Yeah. Yeah? It's okay. got the coolest I'm gonna leaves. I'm going to have to look up a fig tree yeah. when we're not recording on my phone. I won't right. do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're very cool leaves, and they also make figs. I mean, guys, that's... That's fun. Yeah. I like that. It feels very biblical also. Right? Grow fig. Yeah. Because just the other day I read the part where Jesus walked by the fig tree and was like, you'll never produce again. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I hope my fig tree produces. Um, but it was it had lived an entire winter on the patio in a black planter's mm-hmm. bucket. And I remember coming across it at one point and it was like this three inch stick sticking <laughs> out of the bucket. And I was like, oh, man. Dang it. I think that died. And I think at that point I didn't even know what it was. But I was like, I'm just going to put it in the ground because I know sometimes when three inches of a stick are sticking out, the roots are still busy. Like yeah, there's yeah. still stuff happening under the dirt and that's fine. And so I planted it and t- completely forgot about it. And so then recently I have jungle rhubarb. So I pulled all the rhubarb leaves off. And underneath the rhubarb was six inches of a fig tree Ooh. living and growing all green off this weird little stick yeah, yeah. of a thing. And, you know, just one more place that you're like, man, there's so many times that you do something, that you put something in the ground and you're like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen here, but I am going to give it to the Lord and see what happens. And yeah. he's so good to grow stuff. Yeah. And like actually produce in it. Um, so anyway, that was my thought. So here is my question. What kind of things do you see in your life or around you that are like concrete examples of planting something in faith? Yeah. I, the one that I always think of first is, uh, Maggie who is sitting here. Taylor left. He, 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 oh, he's on the call. Mm -hmm. Uh, but with Maggie because we you know she's our first so she's our experiment our guinea pig she's always the guinea pig um where we like really there was a lot of things that would have been better if we'd gotten to them when she was younger mm-hmm. but then it was like well we didn't and so here we are now and we're doing all this stuff so like you know 9 to 13 and there was a lot of intense like working through lots of things and one of the things that I kept thinking was she is going to be so behind on like, cause we're not doing enough, like, you know, here's how to cook. We're like not, we're missing a lot of these like fun, not fun, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. more, they are fun, fun, practical kinds of things. Like I'm like, <clears throat> how could she ever babysit? She's not going to be ready to do anything. How will she ever drive a car? Like, cause you know, some of the things we're dealing with were more, um, base level, like, do you know how to obey? Do you have family loyalty? Those kinds of things. So, which are obviously more important than do you know how to drive a car? Mm-hmm. So we did, we knew that was more important, but still I would just feel like it's how will we ever catch up? But the part that was crazy to me is that God just handled all of that. Like yep. she, she went, you know, as soon as the obedience really had kicked in, um, Guess what? Learning how to cook is not actually that hard. Like learning how to bake, that was the thing with her. Um, was uh, like suddenly she could do that. Mm-hmm. Suddenly she was ready to take care of kids because the God had been like the those detail parts are not the thing that really matters. It's totally what's happening at. I guess in this case it would be like mm-hmm. at the core of the plant, like. Mm-hmm. The, the roots, the the important parts, getting all the nutrients, 
it's not actually that hard to push a leaf out if all of that is going really well. Right. Um, yeah, because also when we first moved here, that at the apartments that we lived in, um, they I don't remember what kind of bushes are in front of the windows there, but I came home in the fall at some point. And they had cut all the bushes down to mm-hmm. little teeny stumps. And mm-hmm. I was like, I thought, coming from California, where plants don't really change. It all looks the same all the time. Right. I was like, why would they kill all uh-huh. these plants? This is so sad. They looked so nice. It looked so pretty when they were in the windows. And now I won't ever have plants to look at. I had no idea that something could grow that much in a single season. Um, and they came back just as big as they were right. before. Yep. Um, <clears throat> wait, why am I talking about that? Oh, I, I think... Sometimes when you're focused on one thing or you're, or you are in a season of pruning, it feels like this plant, whether it's you or a kid or somebody that you're working with about something else, um, it feels like, well, now we've destroyed the entire thing. There's no point to this. Like, Mm -hmm. what are we even doing? But that kind of growth when everything is healthy is actually, it can go really fast because God is the one that's growing all of it. He's the one that's in charge of the whole thing and you can't tell just from looking at um, like a first glance at what's happening. Yep. Yep. That, that one was one of those for me, but you should talk about this cause you also have way more cause I don't even know how to grow anything. So I feel like, do you not grow I anything? Learned, no, I'm terrible. But here's the thing about growing stuff. Like really you put things in the dirt and some of them die, <laughs> but like a lot of them live. And over the years, as you keep doing that, you're like, well, that does not like that spot. <laughs> that is not a good place for that plant. And I do know that most of the things that I've killed has <clears throat> been too much water. Yeah. Because, because I know I'm not good at it, that mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. Maggie yep. just pointed to herself. This <laughs> is, I do think that my parenting did improve when I got sicker because it, it got, it was like, is yeah, it that I'm the weirdest? No, but that is so funny that overwatering feels like you're caring oh, for yeah, the plant. Totally. It's like so, you're doing your job. Do your yeah, job. Do your job. Yeah. Yeah. And so you really do. I have actually three lavender and three roses currently that I was like, why are the roses turning yellow? Like what's happening to them? They're, they seem to be losing all of their beautiful blooms and they're getting yellow. And I stopped watering them because I thought maybe I'm overwatering them. And they look amazing. Yeah. They're yeah. like, they have bounced back. There's lots of fresh growth. Cause like, you know, different kinds of plants grow in different kinds of circumstances. Yep, so, totally. you know, back to humans where you're like, well, some people need one kind of thing. Some people need some kind of else. Other no, thing. well, it totally reminds me of the, uh, like I'm sure everybody's seen videos of Newfoundlands in particular, but there's a mm-hmm. few breeds that'll do it when they're a family pet and the kid will jump in the pool or into a lake and the Newfoundland is like, no, you like, can't drown. And they jump in and grab them by their hair and pull them out. Um, and you're like, that is a really useful skill, but could you not do Unless that right I'm now? Unless I'm playing. Yes. Yeah. And like you're not that you're much ruining fun. the playtime right now. Right. It's totally, uh, women have so much, um, like nurturing energy mm-hmm. that, a lot of times not having enough kids is kind of a problem. Like Mm -hmm. then they become destructively nurturing where they're like telling everybody what to do or hovering too much. Right. Um, And I think because I do have, I've always been absent minded, you know, like with Maggie, it was, I think I said this on the podcast. I, Maggie had eczema because I washed her too much. Mm -hmm. Like it was like, I had read somewhere that it's great to wash your baby every day. So I was like, I will do that. Watch. I will not leave my baby somewhere and forget to feed her or anything. I'm even going to wash her every day. Um, you know, but it's like too much. Like I'm stripping yeah. out all the natural oils in this poor person. Yeah. Um, but that like 
figuring out which parts you need to give space to. And then mm-hmm. when you do need to step in, we recently had some stuff where I realized well, I'm not hugging people enough. Like mm-hmm. I was, they were not seeking them out and I was then not doing it. And uh, changed that and it was like oh wow that was what you guys needed like mm-hmm. you did actually need some water mm-hmm. but not constant yeah no it's so funny I, I one of the things that I was thinking about as I was tending these little you know sunflowers sad sunflower sacks is um I mean some of them really looked like there's almost nothing happening but down at the end where you know stuff grows I think there's some green on the inside and I was kind of clipping around because I was trying to leave enough leaves to like grow you know that there's stuff going on and then also trying not to cut off because at one point I tried to cut off one of the bad leaves and got the green part and I was thinking about because I I am thinking about this primarily in the world of raising kids but also I think just in discipleship as you're you know you're talking to people and encouraging them along the way in faith like you are trying to say that is bad. Like that leaf needs to absolutely go. You cannot get rid of that. But like, what if your person is like still trying to grow and you rip off all their leaves? I mean, like at some point you have to leave some stuff so that they can keep growing. And then those leaves will go, you know, when there's more other good things that are going on and how easy it is to look at kids in particular and cut the green stuff off because you've, it looked like all the, all the bad stuff, you know I mean? Like kids are so big and loud and you know, they're messy. And so it's easy to cut the good things off in them because you've mistaken it for something that was inconvenient. Yeah. Kind of thing. Oh, that's, um, so, I think that is, I think that's also huge for in a church community um, or school or whatever, when you're dealing with other people's kids too, is yeah. especially there because you don't know them as well to give space for, um, one of the noisy plants just came in, but he's being very quiet. Um, <laughs> you're a noisy plant. Mm-hmm. Now you're on the podcast. Um, the, <laughs> uh, but give space for, you might not be familiar with that type of plant. And so what looks, what, See, I don't even know plants well enough no, to know. No, that but like, is exactly what would look true. like really bad for... Okay, so like tomatoes, I know they stake those because yeah. it's bad if they're on the ground. But watermelons are on the ground. So mm-hmm. like if you're a tomato family and then you see a watermelon on the ground, a baby watermelon, and you're like, ah, get that thing idea. off the ground. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, no, actually you don't even know what that kind of plant is because mm-hmm. I, I definitely was a child that um, I got a lot of shushing, not from my family. My parents did, I think, see who I was, but from lots of people that I knew, like teachers where I was like, whatever, you have no idea what any of me is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Why are you shushing me all the time? And had a lot of not great experiences with outside adults in Mm -hmm. that kind of, um, in those settings. It, where, looking back on it now, I totally can see why they were doing it. Cause I, I was not fitting into the group activity and where it's mm-hmm. going. And I did need to work on that. And my parents like in second grade before they took us out of school, I had, a, they'd put a Bible verse on my <laughs> desk about, it was the one about where there are many words, sin is unavoidable. That's really fun when you're the only Christian kid in the class. Well, also I was not actually a Christian, but my parents had just become Christian. So have this verse on there. The teacher who I did not like would walk past 
and tap on the Bible verse. And I was like, oh my goodness, my life is so hard. But uh, I did need to work on learning how to blend in a little bit more. But um, there was no accommodation for like, uh, well, accommodation, that sounds like weird public school, like with all the IEP things. I don't mean like that. I mean like recognition of this is what this kind of plant is and this is what they need. It's one of the things I really like at ECS that we do, the teachers really work on making sure that kids that are struggling that are behind have help to get where they need to go, but also that kids who are done in a second and then are like, what are we doing? Before they become wildly disruptive, there are other things they can pursue because it's like that kind of a plant. If you just force them to sit there silently while they've already finished their work, this is going to go badly Mm -hmm. really quickly. Um, It's... when there are kids that bug you, especially when they're not yours, it's good to just give them some extra space or, and even get to know what that kid is like. Ask their parents questions about what they're like to figure out how to not cut off all of their leaves. Because right. different people have different systems of mm-hmm. how they're made. God made people yeah. all kinds of ways. Right. Which I think goes back to the whole body. You know, the fact that God did make a body. He did not make all of the things one kind and to do one thing. And so I think, you know, so much of it is just that growing in wisdom to be able to make distinctions between, you know, good virtues Mm -hmm. played out in different contexts and with different circumstances. You know I mean? That you're actually, you are looking to see, because I was even thinking about the fig tree versus the sunflower. Like there Mm -hmm. is a time to look at the sunflower and be like, you are not going to make it. (laughs) Like you are, you are in fact all the way dead. This is not like, we need to dig you out and do something different here because this is not growing. Yeah. Versus you know, a fig tree, which has a sturdy stock, like it's a different kind of plant. And, you know, the roots of a sunflower aren't going to do anything next year because it's dead and gone. Like it's not, it's not that kind of plant. And so actually being attentive to the kinds of plants that you have uh, are, is a growth in wisdom. Because I was thinking about that even with, um, with just learning how to deal with different kinds of people. Like, yeah, that, that, I don't know. I feel like one of the major problems that I am noticing in the world right now is the inability to, to distinguish between more than two things. You know I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you're either Democrat or Republican and all yeah. Democrats are the same and all Republicans yeah. are the same. Like you, there's no different kinds of any of those yeah, things. Yeah. And I feel like there is so much an inability to distinguish between types or to broaden categories or to see different layers or, you know, I mean like, just it's like a whole bunch of people who just can't grow past that and it's such a weird disability I mean it's such a weird not disability you know what I mean like it's just it's such a weird thing that you're watching these public conversations and you're like but like do you know that there's more than two kinds of things yeah totally no no we were talking about that about some kids that I don't know as well, then I was asking our kids about them because I was like, is that kid being sneaky or is that kid just aloof? Because I actually, like, I married Sean. I definitely like aloof people. They are very interesting to me because I'm like, why? What do you have? Why do you not want to talk to me? Come here. But um, but there's, there is, like, that also, that sneaky 
runs right into that where then it's like, are you hiding or are you just independent and okay by yourself? You know, mm-hmm. this is another dog breed thing too. Cause what are those dogs that you can leave in a field with sheep? It's not like border collies, but you can leave them Collie. common doors I mean, collie. collie. Do they do that too? Okay. Where they're fine with very little human interaction. Mm-hmm. They are like, this is my job. I like my job. Go away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that kind of person is really different than a person, than a dog that's sneaking, that's mm-hmm. like sneaking food off of the counter or whatever. So right. it's like, is this kid aloof or are they sneaky? And the kids were like, oh, aloof. And I was like, okay, that's like really useful to get a different perspective on it. Cause that, that needs to be handled really differently oh, yeah. than a kid that's sneaking. A kid that's sneaking needs to be confronted and helped to, um, be in full fellowship to get a good taste for that. But a kid that's aloof, you need to make sure there are like touch points with them, but then you need to give them a lot of space because they need some space. They don't do well if you're all in their grill all the time. Yeah. I remember I had a friend when I was young and I think she would ask me every 12 minutes, are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? (laughs) And I found it so annoying. And then I was annoyed, which made it look like I was mad at her because I was. And then she would ask me a hundred times more. Are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? It was like, it was on this repeat cycle. And it, you know, similarly that like, had I, well, and either one of us could have grown in that. Like yep. I could have been way more gracious and reassuring <laughs> that like we were fine and it was fine rather yep. than starting to get weird and then being annoyed, you know, and she could have also not needed that reassurance yeah. every 12 that seconds. That was like the first year of Sean's in my marriage was yeah. me being like, are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? Do you like <laughs> me? Are you sure? <laughs> um, and then him being like, stop asking me that. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Which is hilarious just because there is so much growth in wisdom. I I do continue to feel like the Proverbs are such a wealth of of wisdom. I mean, obviously, duh, it's wisdom and literature and it's in scripture. So like, why wouldn't it be? But there's so many things that are handled in the Proverbs that seem strangely practical and not super spiritual. (laughs) But also... um, I can't even think. This is too funny. What was I talking about? Sorry. Cal, Cal was really very trying clever. to very quietly open his seltzer water <laughs> under the table. But it didn't really mute it very much. We still like and then we all got distracted yeah. laughing. <laughs> yeah. And what were you saying? You were saying... I don't know. Oh, Proverbs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That there's... Because somebody the other day, I was... I don't even know what was happening, but... You know when people make that joke that they're not really joking and everybody can tell? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you, you know, I see you took all the macaroni and cheese out of yeah. the pan. <laughs> ho, ha, ha, ha. I was just kidding. And you're like, yes. clearly you're annoyed about that. Um, and that there's a proverb about that. Like, that yeah, yeah, God actually yeah. knows that personality type. God yeah. actually knows that moment that you're making a joke that's not really a joke. And he made a verse about that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, just that the proverbs are good for growing wisdom in yeah. knowing kinds of people and ways to interact yeah. and responses to things and you well know. And even like the the answer a fool according to his folly and then don't or don't answer a fool however it's worded right and there those verses are right next to each other i right. think i'm probably getting this wrong too but no it's at least a good paraphrasing good job yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that the fact that both of those are scripture means that it's hard to figure it out sometimes mm-hmm. like that it's there are even different types of fools i i totally had this coaching the other day where there's a kid that keeps asking questions that i know they know the answer to they're mm-hmm. trying to get out of swimming by 
extending a conversation. Mm -hmm. Oh, I missed the interval. Now I can't go because I needed to ask you about this thing that I already know about. Um, and I tried a bunch of things that hadn't worked. Um, hi guys. But then I was like, um, you know what I haven't tried? This is what Sean would do. So I decided to try it. I'm going to answer her straight. I'm going to actually answer her question loudly so that everybody can hear. And I'm going to say, like I've already told you five times, if that's what has happened. And not, not in a mean tone of voice, not in a like, oh, I already talked to you. But just, I said, yes, I've actually answered your question about the interval five times. It's 525s and they're on a minute. Do you have any more questions? Like putting it all the way out there for everyone to hear. And it totally worked. She was like, Mm -hmm. You did say that because then everybody has stopped to look because that, you know, but every other thing I was doing privately was not working because she was getting what she wanted from it, which was interaction. Yes. Yeah. Not swimming. Or, in yeah. Extended, actually, that is probably true. Also an extended yeah. interaction, but cutting it off and making it clear that we've actually already had this conversation. And I was like, oh, this is this kind of foolish situation that you have to. Right, which is so weird because it really does take some stopping and thinking. You know, yeah. can I pick apart this situation to see yeah. the particulars here and see how the interactions are going? Like, what is yeah. it that's happening here? What do you need from me? Yep. Yeah. Yep. No. And figuring out how even you impact those situations. Like, um, oh, yeah. Like, what your tone or the kind of question you ask or whatever. You know, like when you, we had one of these in the car where I stopped to give a pep talk. And it really did mean it like a, like a, let's go guys. Mm -hmm. But like the whole car got like dead silent and that weird silent where you're like, hmm, I must've kicked over some things accidentally <laughs> on my Whoops. way in here. Yeah. Um, but then having to sift through all that, that is definitely, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Talk more about the, the planting in faith, like when it looks like nothing is happening. Oh man. Well, I do think that that is raising children. Yeah. So uh, because it's such a long project, um, I think that it is easy to look at your kids when they're being rotten mm -hmm. or having all kinds of sin problems or, you know, stuck in a weird deal that you're like, I don't even know what this is. Like, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what we're doing and I don't know the way out of it yeah. kind of thing. Um, and really like, that whole idea that we plant, we water, and the Lord brings the growth, mm -hmm. that there is so much of parenting that is, um, is trusting him. We have been actually talking. So our oldest came to us when she was nine and, uh, we were just laughing the other night about when she came to us, uh, she had never been to church. She had never been, that was the first time she had ever been to a church. And actually when she stayed with us before she actually came to live with us, we had been at a seminar all day on the Trinity. And so we were talking about that at dinner and she was there with us and she was like, yeah, but who's the blue guy? And I was like, what do you mean the blue guy? What are we talking about? Anyway, she was talking about the Hindu God with all the oh, arms. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that blue guy. Anyway, here's my point that at nine, when she came to live at our house, we only had a four and a half year old. So like we also that jumped us up way, right, way right. farther beyond our parenting thinking yeah. had gotten. And so we had, when she first came and went to church with us, she was like, why can't I have communion? What's this all about? Yeah. Like, I, I see you taking it and I am not taking it. What's the, what's the deal? And, you know, so we're like, oh, we have to be a Christian. Like, you got to, you know, believe in Jesus and trust him. And 
So we're doing all of that. And then she went away to camp that summer and came back and she was like, I'm a Christian. I can take communion. <laughs> yeah. And I remember being like, oh, I don't know. Because we just had not thought that far. Right, totally. And so we ended up letting her take communion at that time. But I thought it was super weird because I grew up in a church that you had to get baptized before you took communion. So I'm like, we're totally backwards. And now when the heck is she going to get baptized? We don't even know. And feeling like we're doing everything wrong. Like yeah, I know yeah, yeah, yeah. that yes. if you looked up how to raise your children in the church and baptize them and welcome them into the community of communion takers. This is not the way we would do that. <laughs> like I can see that some of these things are problematic from like a, the way you ought to do things yeah, kind yeah. of way, but like really just trusting that the Lord is handling it. Like, God, I can see we're doing this wrong. I don't even know how to get out of this weird thing. And also Take us, like help us yeah. keep going. And, you know, the fact that she's been with us nine years. So, you know, she's 18 and loves the Lord and is flourishing in a totally real and very obvious kind of way in yeah. Christ. Yeah. And to think back that, you know, our weirdness and what we didn't know and what we were trying to do and it was weird didn't, you know, God was the one who was growing her. And yeah. it wasn't our awesome plan for you know, communion and baptism that was really taking her places. It was like, yeah. no, it's so true. Cause you can't see that stuff as it's happening. It is cause in the middle of it, it does feel crazy. I feel like, uh, the school, cause the school in a lot of ways feels like a child. Now it feels like an adult child, but, or a very <laughs> older teen child, but, uh, it, you know, where you're like, we are definitely messing all of this up, like all of it, you <laughs> right. know, because like when the, did I talk about this on here about the kindergartners that we switched the first year we switched phonics curriculum. I was the kindergarten <laughs> phonics teacher. I did not know what I was doing, but I, we switched in October and, um, and I also forgot to teach any, uh, by the end of the year, I was mystified by, they, they all were great readers, but they couldn't spell at all. And, um, this is a program called spell to write and read. Um, and I'm like, it's weird. They can't spell. And then one night I woke up in the middle of the night. I was like, I haven't done any of the spelling rules. I was supposed to be <laughs> phonograms. Yeah. And it was like, it's probably why they can't spell. But I, I was genuinely sure that I was making it so that reading was going to be a huge problem for the rest of their lives. Like, and one of them I was sure was just going to hate it forever because, you know, boys come to it slower. He didn't want to be at school, whatever. So, but now it's so funny looking back on that because those kids are now all in omnibus and they totally can read and they love reading and they're doing fine because it's not you that's doing that. Like right. you are tending to the people doing that work, but God is the one that has to make it all happen. And he's the one that put all that stuff in them that, that reacts to mm -hmm. the sun and the water in this case, mm -hmm. phonics and, and a genuine teacher who also frequently would say, guys, do you know what? I actually don't know how to do this. Let's, let's stop for a second and figure out, let's see if I Next can figure thing. out what we're supposed to do. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, that God totally does so much with that. And it's, right. it, I feel like that's another good thing too, is it's not bad to say to your kids, I, I don't, don't actually know what, know what to do right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. like when they ask a question that, you know, cause we also have uh, Kila, we adopted Kila when she was only two days old when she came home with us. But, um, 
she wasn't officially adopted for another five months, which was very difficult. But, um, you know, there are a lot of conversations about adoption where I'm like, like, she'll ask me something and I'm like, huh, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. cause, and also these are huge questions that are so emotional on all the levels. Oh, yeah. Like they, it's like they hit everything about what is existence? Who are we? Um, all of those kind of things. And you know, it's not bad to say to your kid, I actually don't know. I do know that God knows all of this and he's the one that's planning all of it and doing all of the good work. But let me think about that. Or Mm -hmm. what do you think? Or whatever, Mm -hmm. like having those conversations, you don't have to have final answers or confidence that you are doing everything right. You do need to have confidence that you're in fellowship with God and the people. But the rest of it, you know, it is a lot of experimenting, and especially when you do throw things in, like, you know, Maggie is genetically ours, but, um, you know, she's like all recessive traits. It's all like grandparent <laughs> traits where we're like, you want, you want to be in a play? And then we're like, you want to direct a play? Why? You know, and then she's like, look at this poem I wrote. And we're like, why would you do that? Huh. Like, yeah. huh. What do we do with this? Totally. It's so, it's so funny to us. And we're like, we don't know. We don't know how to do this. And, but when you add in adoption, so it's like all different genes also coming mm-hmm. in. Um, you know, it's okay that you don't know, like whatever. Sometimes your kids really do make sense to you. And you're like, Oh, I totally know exactly what you're doing. Cause I did exactly that. Mm-hmm. Like it's very familiar, but, um, it, there's nothing wrong with, them knowing that you don't know because guess right. what they already know you don't know yeah because you're making mistakes all over the place. right yeah oh yeah totally maggie just nodded with way too much agreement <laughs> that i don't know what i'm doing oh you would like dinner christmas tree i don't know gesturing <laughs> <laughs> wildly Megan, i think he said I'm i think he's gonna eat a christmas tree for dinner yeah, I, think, I think this means home <laughs> oh it's the roof okay because <laughs> <laughs> this is how dad plays santa rudolph christmas tree Whatever. Mr. Walker introduced that to us at school one time. It's the best. I like that game. That's my favorite Christmas game going. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. very fun. Yeah. It's. (laughs) Yeah. Although I think we tried to play it in class last year and I couldn't remember what what killed what. So I was like. totally always remembers. Yeah. Santa falls on the Christmas tree. tree? But the deer falls on Santa. Oh, see? Oh, right, because a tree would fall down, not a person. And then, and then the deer, the deer gores, gores Santa's Santa. belly. Wait, no, Santa died both ways that way. <laughs> see, this is what happened. Yeah. I tried to, like, surprise play it in class, and I had no idea where to go. Speaking of not knowing what you were doing, that was, that was quite the episode. Guys, I don't know how to play this very right? important game. Yeah. Oh, Santa chops down oh, the tree. Oh, that makes sense. I think that sounds good. Santa chops down the tree. The, the tree, tree falls, falls on the rain on Rudolph. And then... Rudolph. Gores. gores Santa's belly. Yeah. Because yeah. oh, I remember the belly. Rudolph. I feel like I'm slandering him now. I don't know. I, I definitely know. remember the goring the belly because that's definitely the most interesting part. Yes. That's like, ugh. That one sticks out <laughs> the most. Well. Tree falls on Rudolph. Yeah. Okay. That, that all makes sense, guys. There Good you job. Go. But why does Santa have an axe? <laughs> Where did that yeah. come from? It's a, it's a toy axe. <laughs> Maybe so, that's no. why I'd never remember because, like, why would Santa have an axe? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> weird. Taylor, now you have been on the podcast. So now you've broken it in. Now you can come on sometime and talk to us. Yeah. I do like that we're podcasting centrally located in a very large traffic zone. <laughs> and then as kids come in, we're like, shh, shh, shh. And they're like, what? Why? Why are we doing quiet? 
Well, all of this, I do think, one of my very favorite Psalms is Psalm 127, where it says, if the Lord builds the house, yeah. uh, if the Lord doesn't build the house, those who labor in vain. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm bad paraphrasing. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's very clear, though, that it needs to be God doing it. Yeah. Which I think there's a weird ditch that is like, well, God does the work, so I'm not going to bother doing oh, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So, like, yeah. if you are raising little people or any other thing that you're trying to do, like... Get after it. Try and be good at it. Try yeah. and figure out. Be paying attention to what kind of plant you have in front of you. Well, and you are and more read than the likely signs. the means that God is going to use there. So, like, yeah. be the means. Don't just sit there watching the whole thing being like, well, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. Like, yeah. start figuring out what to do with that. And yeah. also, don't don't freak out if it's the wrong thing. Yeah. Like, go ahead and retrace. Yep. Go a different direction. You know, those are all fine things to do completely in faith that yep. God's got the thing. So I Well, and lots of times, even those times when you have been doing something, uh, we had one of these with Hallie after Sean's sister passed away. Uh, the kids, you know, she was an awesome aunt. It was very hard for everybody. And she struggled at school. And I was having to, like, come to the school a lot throughout the day. And mostly I would just stay there once I had gotten there. Um, and she was just very stressed a lot. Like, too many emotions. Sad about a lot of things. And so we tried a whole bunch of stuff to figure it out. And it felt like we were all... Like, it was one of those things where it was, like, becoming a choke point for everybody. Like, it was like, this is becoming a dominant feature in the family. Like, we're always talking about this one thing. So it's like, I couldn't figure out how to clear it. So... We had tried a bunch of things, and then Sean was like, go get some help. And uh, <laughs> my friend told me, she was like, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to tell her she is only, there need to be two windows in the day that she's allowed to talk about this or have feelings about it. And, you know, anytime you're telling somebody, you can only have feelings during these times, It you're like, can I do that? I Does that know. seem Is right? That, yeah, I know. I, <laughs> I don't want to squelter, but... What does that mean? Yeah. yeah. And um, so she's like, you know, say that there's 30 minutes in the morning before school where you will talk about how sad she is or about Brooke or whatever mm-hmm. she wants to talk about during those times. But then anytime it pops up, so it's like morning and before bed, but stop 15 minutes before bed because that was the other thing. She's having trouble sleeping then because it was like a big mess, um, big emotional, anxious, sad blob mess um like night times usually are yeah if you let yourself run wild then you're too tired and then you're like now how do you ever get out of that exactly um so both so i talked to john about it he was like okay let's do it and we told her you anytime those feelings pop up during the day we want you to notice and be like i'm gonna talk to mom and dad about that later Mm -hmm. we even i think that's when we started giving her a card Mm -hmm. a three by five card and a pen to write down things that she needed to talk to us about later and um and I mean, she was pretty young. I feel like she's in first or second grade, maybe. I don't remember, but she was little. But uh, so we did that and we made sure that we initiated even the talking times. So then we're like, okay, we're going to tell her this and she is not going to like it. This is going to be very upsetting to her because it's going to, I was sure it was going to feel to her like we were cutting her off, even mm-hmm. though we were not. Um, so we were like prepped, we prayed, we then talked to her. And the first thing she did was bust out in like totally relieved tears Mm. hugged us and said thank you thank you so much and it totally like fixed a whole bunch of things and um 
like she needed those barriers put in for her to keep her on a good path. And the part that was crazy to me is we'd spent all of this time doing that. It was another one like I felt with Maggie where I'm like, we haven't done any work on babysitting or baking and she's not going to know how to do anything. Um, you know, it's like all we talk about is being sad about your aunt and you're going to be all stunted or whatever. But it was like a huge growth spurt right after that. Right. Cause it was like, she just needed something to contain this problem to then be able to keep moving forward. Right. Um, so that that's like where it's like, if you're making a mistake or if you've tried a bunch of stuff and it's not working, it's okay. Don't, don't get all hung up on that or mm-hmm. super committed to a method that did work before that now isn't working. Just keep, keep moving yeah. on and trying what the people need. Yeah. Cause that seems, you know, again, you're back to the only two distinctions. Like yep, the yep. only thing there is, is complete repression of all emotions forever yep, yep. and emotions running wild and driving yep. your entire life into a ditch. Yeah. And you know, just one of those, like, but if you have the freedom to talk about it at certain times yep. and then you don't have to worry about it the other yes, times. Totally I mean, we yeah. talk about this with barnyards all the time. Like there are things that need to be in fences. Like, yeah, yep, you yep, know, yep. God made a barnyard with fences because some of the animals will eat the other ones or, you know, they don't yeah. eat the same food or like whatever. Like you got to keep things in the right holes and then uh, you won't have problems or as big of problems. You always have problems. That's what we ever do one on. <laughs> health things that is the biggest thing jordan peterson says it and we had been doing it before we heard that but having scheduled times to talk about if you have an ongoing crushing health problem having times that you definitely are going to talk about it but then not talking about Mm -hmm. it all the rest of the times because um, it can become so dominant or it can get totally out of control in the background if you're not actually discussing how it's affecting everybody but um having those scheduled check-in times makes it so much more manageable. Like, mm-hmm. And then you can just as much as possible stop thinking about it all the mm-hmm. rest of the times because mm-hmm. that's not, it's not fun to constantly be running problem solving about an unsolvable problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, no, I, that's all good. That's yeah. good stuff. I like it. Man. And I, like I already it. saw Aaron gave me a picture for this episode and it's awesome. So enjoy that picture. <laughs> And, th- and don't cut this plant down. It's, right? it's growing. Don't do it. Although yeah. the dogs have apparently knocked over some of these things. I'm like, why is this broken? It's broken and laying on the ground. Guys, I've been working really hard here. And the dogs are running into them, knocking them over. So I had a moment last night where I had to not uh, next hate time I all the dogs. I want you to give us the spiritual lessons from having an extremely pregnant pig. Oh, man. Well, I'll tell you what. We had a baby shower here for two ladies last week. And I was like, man, ladies, I'm sorry because I'm watching this on the daily with a pig. And and now it's about to be 105. So enjoy that. (laughs) Spiritual lessons of the barnyard. I like it. All right. Let's call it. it. We did it. Guys, welcome back. Us. I don't yeah. know. And you. Yeah. Yes, we're all and here you. together. Welcome back you from my house. Now that you're not working on it. <laughs> okay, bye, bye. people. Oh. Yeah. Perfect. Mm. You know. Hello. Hi. How's it going? What's that? How's it going? Oh, Are you done? With what? <laughs> all Are of the work. Are you done with your work at Ben Krause's farm? Yeah, I finished cultivating everything. Okay. Except... I got to use public patch, but not today because I have to move the tiller heads. I feel like that's the title of the podcast is I finished cultivating everything. (laughs) Except. (laughs) No, just leave that part off. I've cultivated it all. No, not everything.